genre. Franchiseography, the podcast that digs deep into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez in the Electric Mayhem. <laughs> Today, we continue our miniseries on the Muppets franchise with the box office flop that continued to prove that the 90s had something against pirate movies. It's 1996's Muppet Treasure Island. And we have a guest joining us to talk about the high seas, cabin fever, and how many Muppets it takes to equal a human child. <laughs> it's known pirate sympathizer... Cass Fredrickson. Hi. Welcome to the show. Ahoy. <laughs> That's funny. I, I just pictured like a, a scroll that keeps tabs of all, all the known seafarers and under Cass's file, it just says known pirate. <laughs> known, known pirate, pirate simp- simp- sympathizer. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the first thing that I just want to mention before we talk about this movie is that the young actor who plays Jim Hawkins in this um uh kevin bishop um has uh what can only be described as a uh hercule poirot mustache now today um it's quite something Mm -hmm. uh and i i recommend everyone looking it up because it is uh it is pretty pretty great (laughs) so (laughs) that is so much more whimsical than where i thought you were going with that (laughs) (laughs) no yeah, no, he wasn't like canceled. He didn't say anything. Like as far as I know, I didn't look up anything, but I just noticed he has a crazy mustache, and it's uh, Good pretty him. amazing. Um, so Muppet Treasure Island, uh, you know, lots to be said about this. Um, it's the, it's the uh, second and final ish. Uh, Muppets adapt a, a existing story um, feature film. They obviously have the Wizard of Oz uh, ABC special um, from the early aughts with Beyonce. Quentin Tarantino. Oh, is Quentin Tarantino in that too? Unless yeah. I hallucinated that back in 2003. Who does he play? I think he plays himself. Wh- why? Why? <laughs> why is Quentin Tarantino in the land of Oz? <laughs> I think he's like, if I remember correctly, he's pitching a new movie to Kermit or something. Oh. And it's like a samurai movie. And oh. he starts doing like samurai stuff. Wow. I've never uh-huh. seen that special. Um, uh, but uh, uh, I must have, unless I just channeled that from the collective memory. No, no, no. He's in it. I just, I just looked. I literally <laughs> okay, put. Cool. I literally put Quentin Tarantino. I typed an M, and it said Muppets Wizard of Oz. <laughs> so no, we know. We know yeah. what you're looking for. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely in there. Um, uh, oh no, that wasn't be. Why did I? I thought that was Beyonce. Why do I remember that being a? It's apparently Ashanti. Oh uh, yeah, she plays Dorothy Ashanti. Yeah. Hmm. In my memory, it was always Beyonce. I guess maybe at the time I didn't really know Beyonce. Beyonce. Like I just was like, oh, the the lady that was in um, 
Destiny's Child and was in that Austin Powers movie. Yeah. And I was yeah. probably as a as a as a you know teenager was probably like oh yeah then I guess that's Beyonce I don't know I'm not gonna watch it um, I don't know anyway um, yeah so so they did do that Wizard of Oz thing but uh, that was for TV this is the last one in theater so this uh, uh, classic literature adaptation era um, is uh, is is over with this one um, a duology Cass, uh, what you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, our connections with uh, the Muppets characters mm-hmm. uh, throughout this miniseries. Um, what is your connection to the Muppets? And uh, I understand that this is your favorite yes. Muppet movie uh, by a country mile. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, just talk about all of that stuff. Um, I think, like, uh, as a kid, uh, we weren't allowed to watch a lot of stuff Um and one of them was Disney and the other one was like Muppets. Um, so I remember watching a lot of um, when they brought like the Muppet show back briefly. Um, oh, Muppets Tonight? Yeah. Or yeah. reruns? The, or, or like the reruns of, of like the oh. older Muppet show. I remember watching oh, a oh, lot oh. of those. Um, and we we had all like those. Do you remember those like 90s like sing along VHSs? Um we- oh, for sure. <laughs> Maybe you were too old for that, Scott. But like we. No, I, I remember. I, I I had the Disneyland one. Yeah. We. Yeah. Oh God, I haven't thought about the Disneyland one in forever. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we had we had like a lot of them. Uh, we had one for the Muppets. Um, <clears throat> we watched uh, Muppet Christmas Carol every year for Christmas. Um, but this is the one I've seen the most. Um, and I've seen. All the Muppet movies except for Most Wanted, um, mm. whatever the ones after the one with Jason Siegel. Um, yeah, it's just that one. Yeah, so uh, we were very much like a like a Muppet household, um, and mm. we we had this movie on loop. Uh, my sister and I like this. This was just like. This movie, I'm not exaggerating, is like 50% of my personality. Like, I, I watched it so much, and it's just like the background tasks of my brain is just this movie on loop. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. Um, Nick, you said this was a favorite of yours as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Cass put it so eloquently, where there is, you know, at any given moment, if you were to, like, zoom into my psyche... Or like subconscious, like inside out for The Simpsons. <laughs> it would be like line readings of this movie, mm-hmm. like line deliveries, sound effects, yep. um, moments. And and yeah, I I, I I remember watching this in the theaters, but then I remember owning this on VHS, this being the only Muppet movie I had on video. And so, yeah, I just had this on a loop and watched it all the time. And like, I haven't seen it in maybe... Easily 20 years before this morning. And like, yeah, I think this is like, like the Simpsons. I think this is a big part of my personality (laughs) and what I, what I think is funny and what my sense of humor is. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it was a real delight watching this one tonight. Yeah. For me, um, I did not see this in theaters because it opened in. February and as I talked about with the Christmas Carol like I was no longer seeing my dad for Christmas and stuff and he was the one who took me to movies um my mom was like no we'll just wait for it to come out on video and we'll either uh, uh tape it 
when we take it out of the library or uh, or the video store. Um, we had like a video store in our grocery, and it was like two dollars to rent like a new release. So they would rent like everything, and then. Uh, copy mm-hmm. them on tapes if there was no copy protection or we'd, they'd be like we actually have to watch this one um, so <laughs> let's get pizza this is the movie we're watching and it's like and it's like you know like a John Grisham movie and it's like great okay <laughs> because you guys can copy this one this is what we're watching this weekend um, uh, um, but Muppet Treasure Island um, they bought because they knew how much I loved Muppets and so they bought like that clamshell case um, Muppet Treasure Island and uh, I wasn't excited to watch this because I uh, pirate like there, there's two things that I've never been like, I don't want to say a fan of because that's not that's not entirely accurate. It's just like, especially as a kid, there were there were certain things that I just had very like little interest, if any interest in. And I don't know what it was about them, but those things were Egyptian stuff and pirate stuff. Um, I just, as a kid, I thought that stuff was boring and I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, and so, uh, I watched this the one time begrudgingly because I was like, well, I guess I, I gotta, you know, <laughs> press, press F to pay respects <laughs> for the Muppets. Um, and so I, I watched it, but I, I, this did nothing for me as a child. Um, and, uh, I liked the cabin fever song and that was about it. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then never no. watched it again. Wow. So Sorry. I watched no, no. it. I, we I, owned I, I, it. I was... We owned it. I watched it exactly one time. It went back in our closet, and I never watched it again. I'm sorry. I, I, this is the second time I've ever seen this movie. My surprise, my surprise reaction, Scott, that I think you were <laughs> reacting to, is I was just so sure Cabin Fever was going to be the one thing you didn't like about this movie. And so um, for you to so quickly call it out as like a good thing, I, was, I just wasn't expecting yeah. that. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I mean, as a kid, you know, um, okay, now, okay. now, obviously I hate it. No, that's not true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, I actually, I actually like cabin fever because it reminds me the most of the Muppet show. Like it's like mm. all of a sudden we're in a Muppet show mm. sketch for like three minutes. It's very um, silly. Yeah. It's very silly. Uh, but like, you know, in a fun way. Um, yeah. It's insane that that those those uh, the rats that think they're on a Caribbean cruise are on a cruise for six weeks um, <laughs> uh, before getting to their destination. They're that is rats. insane. <laughs> yeah, I guess know. that's true. But it's just like that's a hell of a vacation, guys. <laughs> you guys really made a deal. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, um, yeah. But watching it again today, I mean, it was basically like getting a new Muppet movie that I've never seen, essentially, because it was. You know, I knew, I knew it, but it was all, it had been, it literally been 30 years. So, you know, um, or close to 30 years. So it was just like, yeah, it was, it was like a brand new movie, um, which was pretty cool. Um, looks great. Uh, I, I would say that, um, the kid who plays Jim is solid, but they probably should have re-recorded his song after his voice changed. Um, because he because it sounds like he's singing in falsetto, but actually they just recorded it before his voice dropped. So that's why it oh. sounds like it sounds like he's singing falsetto and sounds like uh, you know like Macaulay, like Kevin McAllister in like the choir in Home Alone yeah. Two. Um, yeah, it, that's Never why it sounds that. like that is because they recorded it and then his voice dropped, but they were like, eh, eh. 
We'll just we'll just keep it, and then, so yeah, that's why it sounds like that, which I thought was uh, uh I, it, it it just like I was like, whoa, why is he singing like this? That's what I was thinking while I was watching it. To you guys, you're probably just like, yeah, I don't know, that's what that right, song yeah. sounds like. But, yeah. <laughs> oh no, I mean, it's always been something I've noticed. Is like, whoa, oh. Jim Jim sings really high. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, yeah. Um, that's why. Uh, I don't know why they didn't re-record it. It's so it's so it's such a strange that's choice. Very funny. Um, um, but you know, this movie was so over budget that that's probably they were like any way we can save money. Um, wow, like every pirate movie, it went over budget. Yeah, shocker, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So this was this movie took seven st- sound stages at Pinewood, um, and uh, Brian Henson. I I just. I mean, there's a reason why he hasn't directed a Muppet movie since this one. Um, and the reason is entirely because this one got so out of control budget wise. Um, Muppet Christmas Carol was twelve and a half million dollars. It made twenty seven million. Not a huge hit, but it made its money back. Everybody was like, okay, fine, you know, Muppets are back. It's gonna be a Christmas tradition forever. We're gonna be making bank on this money on this movie for a million years, you know, no big deal. Um then Muppet Treasure Island happens and, you know, these movies at this time, because they're not owned by Disney. Disney's just the distributor. Disney has a first look deal on their next Muppet movie. Um, and they are going, they're like producing these movies independently, essentially. And then Disney like watches the movie and then is like, okay, yeah, we'll distribute this. Um, so... Twelve and a half million for Christmas Carol. This cost thirty-one million dollars. Um, almost three times the budget of of Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, and it just got out of control. the The fact is that it got out of control for like healthy reasons for the most part. Um, in terms of like, <clears throat> this was supposed to start shooting in uh nineteen ninety four. Um, it did not start shooting until a year and a half later, um, in like mid 1995. Um, and the reason for it, for this was because <clears throat> Brian kept coming up with new ideas to add more and more Muppets, which took time because he didn't want to just reuse old Muppets. He wanted to create brand new Muppets and, that takes time. That takes uh, R&D. That takes, you know, uh, design. They also have to build, like, multiple versions and all of these things. They hired a costume designer to design all their little costumes. Um, all of this took time, but the Henson Company being what it is, which is, like, you know, kind of an anti-capitalist company um, in the way that they operate, uh, they were like, no one's going to work more than eight hours a day. So despite the fact that the start date was supposed to be in, in 1994, they just kept getting pushed back because they weren't ready to start yet. Um, and he was not prepared to like make everybody work overtime to do that. And so the, a lot of the budget just came from pre-production extending from 1993 all the way to like mid 1995. Um, so that, that's a lot of the budget. Then he wanted all these real sets and he uh, there's like just so many sets. And uh, at one point he was like, yeah, we're going to have a we're going to have a, a, a dock with the town um, and then we're going to have uh, the ship, you know. And then just on a whim, he was like, 
you know, it'd be kind of cool if we could see the ship docked at the dock. And so they had to build a second ship because <laughs> he wanted shots of seeing the ship at wow. the dock. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's just stuff like that. It was a lot of like needless expense, but he was like, Hey, you know what? We're going to make our money back. No worries. But uh, it, it quickly got out of control. And um, yeah, a $31 million budget, uh, for this, the box office for it ends up being 34. Um, so pretty huge flop. Um, you know, you, you, you tend to want to make a t- twice your budget, um, to make your money back because theater owners get a cut, uh, there's marketing costs, all of that stuff. Um, so yeah, this movie, uh, this movie uh, definitely, uh, ended in the black, uh, for like, or ended in the red, I should say. Um, it's also like, it, is is this like kind of long too? Um, it's an hour and of, forty. Yeah. And well, how long was Muppet Christmas Carol? Hold on, I want to go back and check. Um, I know, like Mupp 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 Mupps tend yeah. to, you know, yeah, like ninety. So it's like ten minutes longer than your average Muppet movie. Yeah, Muppet Christmas Carol was eighty six minutes. Oh wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So so quite a bit quite a bit longer. Um, yeah. Uh, so, so going back all the way to the development though, um, because of Christmas Carol being a hit, they decided that they wanted to do another adaptation of classic literature. Um, and they were between two ideas, um, uh, the doing treasure Island, um, and doing, uh, King Arthur. And, uh, they ended up going with treasure Island with the thought of like, well, when treasure Island is a hit, we'll circle back and we'll do King Arthur oh, next. Man. And uh, they never wow. got to do King, King Arthur, unfortunately. Uh, instead, they went to space. Um, <laughs> as as all capitalist endeavors <laughs> seem to do now. Um, how do you uh, how do you end Muppet King Arthur? Do you end with like Lancelot's betrayal and like ever, like Merlin go, Merlin going to getting sent? To I don't sleep? know. It's kind of dark at the end. Because one of the things that they they said was that like while um, Muppet uh, Christmas Carol was like an almost like word for word adaptation. It was like a word for word adaptation of a Christmas Carol with like added Muppet jokes, you know, on top of yeah. the like perfect adaptation. Yeah. Right. Um, Muppet Treasure Island, however, was a much looser adaptation and, um, you know, definitely uh, cut corners and uh, yeah. Cause their whole goal was like, we want to make this like the funniest Muppet movie. Um, we want to like really focus on the comedy this time, strip away almost all of the drama and just make this like a swashbuckling adventure with like tons of comedy. Um, so that's why this one is like a lot sillier than Mm -hmm. a Christmas Carol. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I am really sad about the King Arthur one. I, I kind of like. I mean, I don't know if he I, he probably would do it because like what the what the hell else is he doing, right? He's just doing his like naked puppet shows at at the Jim Henson Theater every quarter. Yeah, you make him um, sound like a pervert, Scott. He's yeah, an artist. Well, I, that's what he, that's what it is. I don't know. The the logo is literally a Muppet streaking. Like, I, know I don't know what, what you want is. from me. <laughs> um. So, uh, but yeah, I would love if if uh, if they went to Brian Hansen when it was just like, hey, you want to make another literary adaptation? You want to go back and do that King Arthur one? Um. You know, I, I think that would be fun. Although I, I think I would I would be upset if they didn't bring Steve Whitmire back for that. But that's just me. Um, anyway, uh, I am sad that we didn't get that. Um, I assume it would have been similar where like Arthur 
would be a real boy and everyone else would be Muppets or maybe I don't know. Like, I feel are, like are, I feel like Kermit could be a King Arthur. I don't and, that doesn't tend to be their move though with these adaptations. They tend to let the human be the main character. Yeah, and we'll talk about how effective that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because the original intention with this movie was that um it was going to be um uh Jim Hawkins was not going to be in the movie at all. In te- instead, it was going to be Gonzo and Rizzo playing Jim and Hawkins. <laughs> um and someone at Disney was like, No, 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 no. Um we can't have uh, two Muppets be the lead character of this. We're not going to. We will not distribute this movie if that's your choice. And they're like, OK, never mind. Um, hence my joke at the beginning about uh, how many Muppets it takes to equal a human child. Um, oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, two. so they hire they hire uh, they hire this this kid and he does a pretty solid job. But he's a very like 90s child actor kid um, with the swoopy hair and. You know, mm-hmm. blonde, a lot of blonde kids in the 90s. Yeah. A lot of blonde, famous boys. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that uh, was about. You know, we talked about Bi Awakenings last season on The Mummy. And I remember being like, I don't really, I don't know, this didn't do anything for me. I remember as a kid watching this and being like, why is Jim so pretty? <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of jokes in this about him like, being a girl. Yeah. Um, I remember those. Yeah, and being like, why do I think Jim's kind of cute sometimes? Ah, I'll deal with this in twenty. <laughs> That's a years. problem for future Nick. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, file that away. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Frank Oz was um not available. Uh. For this, um, he was working on post production on, uh, Indian in the Cupboard. Uh, oh. When they were shooting this and was uh, uh, developing in and out um, the Kevin Klein comedy that would be released uh, after. Wow. Yeah. And so he was not available for this. So instead, Kevin Clash, um, the Muppet performer and voice of Elmo, uh, performed all of all of uh, Frank's Muppet characters. So like Piggy and Fozzie, uh, et cetera. Um, and. um he uh, uh, Frank Oz came in and, and dubbed his voice in to post. However, on set, um, uh, you know, sometimes Kevin Clash would like uh, improv some stuff, but not very often. For the most part, they did a table read um, with Frank Oz and they recorded that. And so they they would like you, you they would like project his line. Like Kevin Clash had like a little like thing that he would like push the button and Fozzie would say the lines and he would like kind of lip sync with it um and then uh and then that was used uh for uh frank oz to uh later lip sync in his adr sessions so interesting yeah. but it's Fozzie's a... great in this movie um i think he was my favorite uh <laughs> in this movie um i i just i really love they were really trying to make that um the goat and the and the lobster yeah. happen um which and they're great but like i don't know that i've ever seen them since um, no, no. I think they're really solid one-off mups. Yeah. Like, I think this movie is kind of full of S-tier one-off mups. I, I call them mups now, Cass, because we've been doing this for so long. <laughs> That's fair. Um, I love the goat. The goat's my favorite. Yeah. He's, He's his, eye, his eyebrows are so expressive. There's a moment, not to jump ahead, where uh, they pull Jim overboard and grab him into the lifeboat. 
And I've never noticed this before, but he punches very softly, like a stage punch, but he punches the goat on the snout and he reacts to that being punched. He's like, because <laughs> uh, uh, like, I closes his eyes and I was like, that's so <laughs> Um, Oh man. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. Fozzie's great. So Kevin Clash did a really good job. Um, Frank Oz gave him a bunch of tips on how to perform his Muppets. He gave them like, Oh wow. Um, yeah. He like basically like trained him for like a day. It was like, okay, this is how, this is how Fozzie moves. And he was like, this is how Miss Piggy moves. Um, he told him, uh, quote, um, yeah, or you need to move Miss Piggy. Like she's a truck driver wanting to be a woman. <laughs> That's how he described how Miss Piggy <laughs> moves and operates. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And he said that uh, Fozzie Bear is uh, sort of uh, Jerry Lewis esque, um, is where he gets his movements from. Um, yeah. But that's, uh, that's Muppet Treasure Island. Big, big flop. Big, big flop. I think it's, um, I just think it's funny how moves like Jerry Lewis just sailed past all three of us like a tumbleweed. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Like, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know that I really agree with that is the thing of like the, the Jerry Lewis. Cause I, I know I'm Jerry Lewis moves and he's like kind of like erratic and I wouldn't say that Fozzie's like. Erratic. I think it's more what Jerry Lewis means to people of that generation. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. I think he was maybe like their. True. I think he was like their Adam Sandler. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's to say they're all dead? <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, uh, that is uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Um, it exists. It looks really nice. Um, I mean, it looks. It looks. I mean, it looks great, honestly. Like, when this movie started, I was like, wow. Yeah. Look at that production mm-hmm. value. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm sad that the budget got so out of control that we never got another one after this. But uh, you can't argue with the results. Um, it, it looks like a real movie. Yeah, um, and like you said, like, good on, you know, you, you mentioned them being anti-capitalist. Like, right. yeah, God forbid they, like, especially, after, you know, the summer that we talked about Spider-Verse and Marvel movies. About yeah, God forbid your artists like go home rested and not like drained of their fucking life mm-hmm. force, like those little right. gnome things in Dark Crystal. <laughs> right. And like, oh no, the movie went over budget. Poor Disney. Yeah. Well, not poor Disney. Or poor Disney Jim Henson was... Company. Yeah, yeah. Poor Jim Henson so it's company, like right. so it's like they were like, No, we're gonna burn money and yeah. like and it freaking and like you know, going to talk to what you uh, about Muppet Christmas Carol being a I don't know. Now that it's 30 years later and now all that we're left with is this gorgeous epic Muppet movie. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. I Like I said, the only negative about any of it is that we didn't get uh, Muppet King mm. Arthur. For sure. Um, or, or a Muppet in King Arthur's Court or whatever they were going to call it. <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, because um, like, yeah, because you fall a Connecticut, you know, you fall back in time and you're surrounded by that could mm. be like, maybe that's the human. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, anyway, so uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I got to say, gentlemen, we've, I, w- I watched a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. No, really? It's been said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has one of the hardest openings I've yes, ever seen in a movie. It goes so hard, so fast. It does. Just so epic and like earnest and full of like mood, but there's like singing snakes and crocodiles and this 
Well, it's also worth worth pointing out, I think, that like Hans Zimmer did the score for this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's basically <laughs> like a trial run uh, for Pirates of the Caribbean. I mean, granted, he's fresh off his, his Academy Award win or nomination for The Lion King. Um, so this was like the realm that he was working in at the time, oh, but, yeah. but, but the fact that like, you know, when this movie opens and I'm like, Whoa, Jesus Christ, what is this music? And then it's like Hans Zimmer and you're like, Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do we, do we have theories as to like what the nineties had against pirate movies? Because man, they like flopped one at one after another. The nineties just really let pirate movies down. I have never seen Cutthroat Island. Yeah. So I don't know if that's like a hidden gem or anything. I don't yeah, I don't know if it's good or not. Um I know it was a passion product project for the director, because I think it was who is who is the who is the director of that? I don't know. Um, the nineties kind of tried to make third yeah, Rennie Harlan. <laughs> Rennie Harlan. That. Yeah. Uh you know, you look at like the Phantom or like mm-hmm. the Shadow or like the Rocketeer. Mm-hmm. I just think they kept trying to make those kind of like Errol Flynn swashbuckling revivals happen. And then maybe we just weren't ready for them as a culture yet. Yeah, maybe. I a part of me wants to blame Hook. Um because <laughs> Hook came out in ninety one, has a lot of pirate stuff in it, made three hundred million dollars. So it was like a hit, but like a like, you know. It's like well, kind of like, remembered as like the worst Steven Spielberg movie. So I almost wonder if people were like, if Steven Spielberg can't get make a pirate movie work, what makes you think you can? Uh, you know, I was very young in the 90s, but it feels like in retrospect, it wasn't a very nostalgic time. That's true. Like, yeah. Things that were popular were like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, ER, mm. Independence wow. Day, you know, things that were very like, it's the 90s. We're alive. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, I mean, you know, there's a there's there's uh, something to be said about like the 90s were a time when society was just sort of like looking to the future again. It was sort of like the uh, 50s and and 60s in that way. And like Mm -hmm. the 60s had that cut off with, um, you know, JFK and then and then later like the the Manson murders. Right. Where everybody was like, oh, I guess we have to like lock our doors and stuff and like worry about the future. And then you have like Nixon, et cetera. But then like. Things started b- working back up again on an upswing in the 90s because you had like the boom of like um, of Silicon Valley and everything. So suddenly there was like tons of jobs. People were making money. The American dream was real again. And then 9-11 happened. Um, and uh, I don't think we've ever really recovered. And that was 20 years ago, unfortunately. Um, not to bring everything down, but yeah. they should do Muppet Nixon. Muppet Nixon. <laughs> Muppet Nixon. Jesus. Sam the Eagle as Nixon. Muppet Nixon. <laughs> oh, wow. Could we think about that for the rest of the day? <laughs> I am not a crook. I am not I a think... crook. Just a little. Oh, I, I, I'm just thinking <laughs> yeah. about like um, like pirates as like a subgenre. And like, I think because mm-hmm. pirate uh, media to me has a lot more in common with like fantasy than it does anything else. And there wasn't really a mm-hmm. lot of like, aside from like Disney movies. Um, that I can remember, like uh, there, there's not a lot of like fantasy in the '90s, and then you have like the early 2000s, like fantasy boom, like all of a sudden. So, and then, and right. then Pirates comes out a couple years after that. Definitely, but I think the fantasy boom is directly you can draw a direct correlation to people needing escapism. Yeah, yeah. and then like because there was there was a lot of like sci-fi, like wacky sci-fi in the '90s. So I think it kind of yeah. like swings yeah. back and forth. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
I think it's and, I think it's the escapism thing. It's like it's escapism and nostalgia for mm-hmm. a better time or a perceived better time or whatever. Um, and uh, and I think that that's where that boom came out of because it was similar. We were in a similar place of like um, when there was a lot of escapist cinema during uh, like post World right. War Two and when like you know and during the um, uh, the recession in the um, I don't know whenever that was the uh, Great Recession in the like oh eight thirties no the thir- the thirties one oh oh the Great Depression the yeah the depression yeah yeah like thirties. Like yeah, pre, so. like right, right, like right, you know, post World War One, pre World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you had like, um, that's when you had like, uh, like the Universal horror monsters and all of like, just like a lot of like fantasy mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Um, so yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, that that's what this comes out of, and now suddenly everybody's ready for it because they're like, yeah, anything but the yeah. real world, please. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I had that thought watching this movie. Is this is so fun and goofy. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know, it feels like on Twitter we've been hankering for like, why aren't they doing these anymore? You know? Yeah. And I think about how, like, you know, Barbie is the biggest movie of the year. Mm-hmm. And that is literally going to a candy store mm-hmm. and just laughing and just it's so silly and fun. And it, I, I kind of I'm, I'm speculating that we might be entering a similar place where coming out of the pandemic and not it's not like things have gotten a lot easier since then. We just like want to just remember that for a while things can just be carefree and light and fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Um, I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Uh, Cass, who's your favorite Muppet in the Shiver Me Timbers opening uh, number? I like the the like little hermit crab ones. Um, yeah, they're good. They're I really like the good. one that like side-eyes the crocodile when he comes up to sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scott, um, what about you? Any any standout I, mups? I, you know, I just I'm always a big fan of the Muppets who just like mu- are just minding their own business. Like they're just mm-hmm. like not a part of anything. So I, I honestly, I just like the little guy that like the first Muppet we see, where you're like, oh, we're watching a Muppet movie. Like, yeah, he's just like he's just like digging yeah. a hole, minding his own business. <laughs> I like that guy. I don't know. I For always sure. like those guys. Um, the uh, the songs in this are written by um, very famous pop songwriters Barry Mann and Cynthia Well. Um, they have written, a, they wrote like a ton of pop songs in the sixties, um, including you lost that loving feeling. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, that's theirs. Um, and then they were nominated for an Oscar for, um, uh, what is the, the Fifle song? Some, somewhere. Oh, out there. somewhere out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were nominated for somewhere out there, uh, which they lost to, something else that didn't deserve it um <laughs> what was it oh it was the song from top gun um they, oh take they, my breath away yeah they lost to take my breath away um which Got is it. like it's like just because they played the song three times in the movie doesn't mean it deserves an oscar uh <laughs> three times is, is a... in succession like in yeah. under 20 minutes <laughs> i know like it's not even spread out it's like wow they're finally playing this song and then 20 minutes later you're like stop playing this so song <laughs> uh, what a picture yeah um yeah no this is great if i uh guys if i if i die first i want both of you to ins- try to recreate this for my like my funeral okay. procession oh great <laughs> um yeah or like i the thing that that really stuck out to me immediately and, and this isn't true like with the rest of the songs in this movie sure, sure, sure. but but like this one in particular 
and I and you know it's just a, it's a it's a musical thing. It's just like you know it's like the musical like world building song. What is that first song called in the, the I want song? Yeah. What what is it? The I want song. No, that's the second song. The uh, first song, which is like the world building song, uh, um, where it's like the whole town is singing about something. Oh, I don't know. We're yeah, in Agrabah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agrabah. It's like the introduction yeah. song. Yeah. Um, every musical yeah. has one. And uh, and and in Christmas Carol, it was the Scrooge song, and now uh-huh. like this one, they're very similar because it's both. It's it, they're both scenes of like Muppets singing about people that are like walking past them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> these um, guys are. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was like watching this, and I was like, oh, is this? Are they just like? beat for beat going to try and recreate Christmas Carol and like that I dropped that immediately um, okay. <laughs> as soon as we get to the next thing but like yeah that was what I noticed with this one it was like this is very similar to the Scrooge song um, but it's good and it goes hard it definitely mm-hmm. goes hard um, later when uh, when Rizzo and Gonzo were like like uh, this guy's dead this is a kids movie I was like that guy like killed like six guys like point blank like yeah. d- with with a gun in each hand like John Woo style uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like come um, on um, and then like some of the lyrics uh, the devil himself would have to call him scum mm-hmm. um, see that's very Scrooge that feels like a, a lyric from mm-hmm. Scrooge from the Scrooge song for sure um, for sure very similar but. Um, uh, and yeah. then this is a hundred percent cast. I don't know if you're the same way. This is absolutely the first thing I always associate Billy Connolly with. I, you know, <laughs> I didn't even realize it was Billy Connolly until like when I was watching it this morning. Oh, <laughs> that's funny, man. Like in the future, you know, growing, getting older and seeing Billy Connolly specials or whatever. I'd be like, oh, that's a dude from Up Treasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the question remains, who has Flint's map? I, we haven't even tried talking about the story because it's right. a treasure island. But, yeah. but, you know, Billy Connolly as Billy Bones is telling the story about how Captain Flint, you know, found treasure hidden on an island and killed his whole crew to keep the location a secret. But somewhere out there uh-huh. is Flint's map. Just reading. I can't believe we didn't ask this at the top of the show. Have either of you read Treasure Island by Robert Yes, Lewis I have. Stevenson? It's trash. Uh <laughs> Mm. <laughs> no, like, like, I, okay, so, uh, uh, please explain. I love, yeah, <laughs> I read it as a book for my, um, my tenth grade English class, um, for like free reading or whatever, and I was like, yeah, I like pirates. I like mm-hmm. two movies that this book is based off. Let's go. Uh, Jim is like the most useless protagonist, and it was so frustrating for me to read as like a fourteen year old. I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> <laughs> You're in the coolest yeah, position it, ever. It, it, it's. Every adaptation of it is way better than the book, in my opinion. <laughs> That's I, funny. Please. I have not read it, but I will say this: uh, not to not to uh, uh, make myself into a, a, a living meme, but I was watching this movie and just thinking, getting a lot of Treasure Planet vibes out of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, like throughout, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, Treasure Planet. Yeah, oh, gosh, well, it's just like Treasure Planet. Yeah, <laughs> man. I love this movie a lot. Yeah. yeah. I Treasure Planet might still be the best treasure island. I agree. Mm. Um, wow. Well, yeah. we'll get to it. I think okay. well, I think I just I think I just, <laughs> I think I just love this story. I think much like Christmas Carol, it I will watch any kind of like if the recess kids did Treasure Island, I would have watched yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't yeah, matter. For sure. Um uh, I, I, please. 
Oh no! I thought you had additional. Yeah. Uh, I love the bimbo in. I just kind of like anytime you can get me a setting where you got mups and humans mm-hmm. just mingling like it's super casual. I'm into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, big, 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 big fan of Jennifer Saunders as Sarah uh, Bl- Bl- Bloveridge. Is that her name, Mrs. Bloveridge? Um, Bloveridge. Uh, From first, Shrek too. At first, I was annoyed. At first, I was like, oh, she's over the top. She's blah, blah, blah. But by the time she comes smashing through the side of her own bar with a Muppet in two, both of her hands, I was like, no, this fucking rules. I love this. <laughs> she just uh, smashes through her own pub on fire. Um, and just like, yeah, like the whole, it was amazing. Just a dead, like, a yeah. dead, a dead Muppet in each hand. Yeah. Dead Muppet pirate in each hand. And she's like, go on, get out of here. I got this. <laughs> just, I was like, hell yeah. Uh, the best. uh, I love when her butt smushes against the cow and just the kind of the face the cow makes. That's always been the laugh since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did not catch this was, you know, uh, Jennifer Saunders in 1990. Five. Whenever I watch this, why right. would you have? <laughs> Dad, you're a child, Nick. That's one of the ladies from Absolutely Fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jim lives at the Admiral Bimbo Inn. I don't even know if they ever call it that in this version, but uh, lives with Fa- uh, Fa- uh, Gonzo and Rizzo. They're very much kind of copying or carrying over the duo that worked so well. In Christmas mm-hmm. Carol, Scott, how do you feel about that? I love it. Okay, I love it. I love I love seeing them together. I love their chemistry. I love their vibes. Um, I will say it's a little disappointing. There's a lot of Rizzo in this, which I love. I love all of the Rizzo stuff in this movie, top to bottom. It's amazing. But there's a I feel like there's kind of a lack of Gonzo in this. Like he's a little heavier in like Act One. But once he gets his legs and arms <laughs> stretched and put back together, then you kind of like don't really hear from him again, really, the rest mm-hmm. of the movie very much. Um, he, he definitely takes a back seat for the remainder. And that was like a little bit of a bummer, but is what for it sure. is. Yeah. Cass, how do you feel about Gonzo and Rizzo in this version? I, in this movie? I mean, like this is like this is like my platonic ideal Muppet movie. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I but I do I really love Gonzo. I think he's like he's either my favorite or my second favorite Muppet, depending on the day. Um and Who's the other one? (laughs) (laughs) I love that weird little guy. Um but the uh the gag where he does get his limbs elongated, I think about like constantly. Like I It's, it's so good. I just love that he. I just love that he just starts. He's so he's so overjoyed by it. He just starts fucking <laughs> it's so with everybody. Funny. Yeah. Where he's just like, we need to stop this. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, he's just. He's like, oh man, that's that is like peak Gonzo. Is when like people do things to him that they think he's gonna hate, and he is like, he feels yeah. the exact opposite about it. That's like. I mean, that's why he's a symbol of counterculture, you know? 
um, counterculture, right? queer culture. That's he's yeah. That's why because no, he's, he's he derives he, joy from things that everybody else is like. You should hate this. And he's yeah. like, "Fuck you! No, I don't. I love it." It's I just want to show that Pink clip time. to like a massage therapist and be like, "Can you do this to me, please?" Like, just walk into a chiropractor. Like, I need this. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, and then you know, uh, uh, Jim is sort of this very handy straight man bouncing board where. You know, Gonzo is weird and dreams of going to Zanzibar to meet the Zanzibarbarians. Mm -hmm. And Rizzo's like, I want to eat. I want to consume. I'm a rat. (laughs) Uh, We get there's got to be something better. Memorable Mm -hmm. song. I don't know if it's good, but I just I remember it. I, I truly think I was thinking this the whole time. I was like, this is a really good song that is unfortunately sung by a child before they've their Mm. voices dropped. Like. I, I if they had re-recorded it, I think this would be like an all-time like, oh, that's a great song, um, because it's a really good I want song, and like it has a really good chorus. You know, it's like it's a good song. It's I think it's a really good song. It's just I feel like um I'd want to hear it sung by someone else, uh, not because I hate children, but just because like I think it. I don't know. It not because that... you hate children. Yeah, you're right. Children. It's not because I hate children, but I do hate children. <laughs> um, <laughs> it just doesn't have anything to do with this. <laughs> um, uh, no, it's just, it, it, it just feels, um, uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, it just makes me think of Kevin McAllister, like, mm. singing choir. Um, it, it sounds like a children's choir. It doesn't sound like, like a song um, whenever he's singing. Because uh, he's singing in, like, falsetto, it just feels weird to me um but i didn't grow up with this so Cass, what are your thoughts on gotta be something better i i understand i understand what scott means when he says like he wants he wants a re-recording of it but i kind of like that they kept it because like it's it sounds like super innocent this way like real Mm. like i don't know like very very like naive in a way that works for an I want song um, and mm. for the story, especially because he's like learning about like you can't trust people basically, which sucks. Um, mm. <laughs> but yeah, no, I. Um, I like this song. It's not my favorite song in this, yeah. but I like it. Um, two I don't even go so far as to say I, I feel like. I almost feel like it should have had like some kind of reprieve oh. at the end of the movie. I mm. like to just yeah. come full circle to wrap like, it up. Yeah, I always love when an I want song mm-hmm. has a reprieve at the end of like, well, like I want, I got, <laughs> you know, like, and that's kind of cool I, I like uh, that full circle nature of of some musicals. I never, I never appreciated what Castro said, which is like this is kind of Jim's coming of age story, mm-hmm. and he unfortunately learn he learns that the world is not mm-hmm. black and white, that like good and bad aren't always so clean cut. Sometimes you will like people that do bad things or you will struggle whether or not to trust someone versus liking someone. And yeah, that kind of, that would have been cool just dramaturgically to see, have him sing a version of this song. There's gotta be something better, but like, what does that mean to him now Mm -hmm. that he's had all this stuff happen to him? Um, one question about treasure Island uh to someone who has actually read mm-hmm. the novel. Um the character that Miss Piggy plays an hour and six minutes yes. into this movie. Yes. Um 
Is she in the book? Is that a character in the book, or is that an addition? That additional like storyline they just like tacked on. So to the get character's her in the movie? name is Ben Gunn. So that's why the uh, the robot oh, in the robot. Treasure Island is the... named Ben. Oh, um, and okay. he's like, yeah, that's my only <laughs> yeah. <favorite> reference. <laughs> he's he's like a wild man that lives on the island. I don't remember if he was actually marooned or not, but he like helps them. Yes. Okay. Okay. He, he, it's in okay. the in the book he is a member of flint's crew that flint either forgot to kill or left behind to be like extra a dick. <laughs> okay like, and so he's the one who helps jim like i could he's kind of he's kind of golemy and yeah like has to like a very much like a wild man who's been driven mad yeah. by being marooned and so i think they were like oh how do we put miss piggy right. in this movie oh what if benjamin gun was benjamina gun yeah. And then they kind of create a new it's very almost kind of Mel Brooksian of like, well, we got to get the crew in here. But like, how do we fit them all to yeah. in this mm-hmm. in this story? So they do take a lot more liberties than Muppet Christmas. Co. We're like, oh, Miss Piggy can be Mrs. Cratchit. It's perfect. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's 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 just um, I mean, I guess she is technically probably in this movie in her half hour that she's in this movie um more than she is she probably gets more screen time than she does in Muppet Christmas Carol but she's like spread out in Muppet Christmas Carol so it feels like she's part of the right. movie more um so it, it was always just like I like I get to her appearance of like oh holy shit where the hell is she been? <laughs> it's like we're an hour and six minutes in um and I almost wonder if they toyed with the idea of having her play the um the the bar the barmaid uh, at the beginning, because um, she has a similar energy yes. to Miss Piggy, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I almost wonder if they did at some point like play with that and was like, no, let's just hire a, a human Miss Piggy um, and have her have that energy <laughs> at that way and just save her for later. But because um, I don't know who else could have played that in the Muppet catalog, um, if you already have Gonzo with, right. if you already have Gonzo with. Um, Jim, I don't know who else you could put mm-hmm. there, I guess. Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Speak, uh, and like kind of going what Cass said about this being like the ide- platonic ideal. I think with this being like my entry into the Muppet world in retrospect, I think there's got to be something better. Also kind of really cleanly sets up Gonzo and Rizzo as characters. Mm-hmm. Like they lay it on really thick. Like I like to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm weird. I like weird stuff. And so I think I kind of was like, okay, that's who Gonzo was. That's who Rizzo was. And so I was able to go off and enjoy other Muppet stuff and kind of, this is the baseline of who these characters are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Bones <laughs> interrupts the song in a bout of rum madness. Yeah. Like just drunken rage. He's like, I need, I'm getting the bad memories. They're coming back. I need <laughs> rum. And I was like, God, I did not catch how dark this was when i was a kid yeah that joke I, i'm trying to i'm trying to like um I, I was trying to like sync up with what this joke was but there's like okay. a runner where uh jennifer saunders um where where yeah. she where 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 he's like screaming about wanting rum and then from like another room she's like don't, don't you give him-, give him rum and she and she and he's like how does she do that is the joke that everyone's just yelling so of course she can hear them or is the joke actually that like she has eyes in the back of her head or sees everything in that goes on in her pub or like what's the joke here um i was like trying to figure it out because i was like i don't know if that 
works because you're literally <laughs> yelling at the top of your lungs for rum. I think she could hear you in the other room. I don't know. I think the joke is that she knows what's going on at all times because, like, the second time it happens, um, when she, like, <clears throat> bursts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man, she's just like, go on ahead, boys. Yeah. You know? And she was not privy to that conversation. So I think oh, yeah. that's the joke. Okay. It's okay. it's the rule of threes. I think you're both right. I th- actually, I had the experience you both had, where for years and years, that was the joke. It's like, oh, she's got eyes on the back of her head. She can mm-hmm. hear everything. How does she do that? But watching it this time, I was like, wait, because the first time this joke happens, they're outside lighting right. the lanterns. And and they're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And like, you're going to get the fuck back in here and clean this kitchen. <laughs> and they're like, how does she do that? And I'm like, well, you were shouting. <laughs> yeah and then the second time when billy bones like rum i need rum and she's like don't give him any rum <laughs> i was like yeah <laughs> you were shouting and then the third one's like but i think Cass is right that's supposed to be the joke i just think they picked weird moments yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um because yeah. the third one is the best one because they were like talking on a hill were, like, yeah 500 yeah. feet away yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so one of my favorites, speaking of one-off mups, we got, uh, the startling entrance of blind pew. Mm. And I kind of like, I, I, it's weird. I didn't think this last week with Christmas Carol, because of course I feel the same way about Christmas Carol, but I would have really, it would have been really great if Jim Henson could have seen this movie because uh-huh. the way they are able to create Muppets that aren't supposed to be funny mm-hmm. but are still full of personality like the wolf with one blind eye that comes mm-hmm. in in a few minutes yeah uh they're just really memorable designs that feel like they are in the world of muppet treasure island and not just like gonzo wearing a pirate right. vest you know um i love blind pew he kind of scared me as a kid mm-hmm. but i just like how ugly and gross he is he's a little reminiscent of uh uncle deadly um, Ooh, yeah. I feel like that that's he that's probably where he yeah. evolved out of was like let's make let's try and make this guy like less scary um and see what that looks like <laughs> and it's like oh he's just a he's a he's a sassy mm-hmm. proper gentleman <laughs> um, uh his uh cast what do you think about blind I pew? like blind I like that he has the um the eye patches over both of his eyes I think that's a really funny gag um, but he did scare yeah. me as a kid, not as much as the the Ghost of Christmas Future, um, but like that's the scariest Muppet they mm-hmm. ever made. <laughs> so, uh, the future or past? Uh, future. Oh, okay. We were talking about a scary past. Oh, the little was girl last week with Ripley. No, I don't find yeah, her scary absolutely at all. the little girl. That's <laughs> uh, that's fascinating. Um, yeah, I I like he's just like silly. Um, but then also going back to this being like a tone setting movie for me for Muppets. Also, I realize pirate lore in general, because like this to me is the iconic depiction of yes. the black spot. Yeah. Like and Billy Connolly just sells it. He I mean, yeah, he's really selling it this whole movie. Um, and kind of a new kind of celebrity cameo where he is kind of like, oh, this guy's in a Muppet movie, but he is very much playing mm-hmm. a character and in the world like he is like this is life or death stakes for him in this movie um scott what did you think of the henry kissinger joke when they're pulling stuff out of his sea chest 
And he has oh. a copy of Diplomacy by Henry Kissinger. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I was like, I, I, I didn't really understand the joke, I don't think. I was okay. just like, oh, okay. It's a modern you know, it's like that thing where I'm like, oh yeah, it's a modern thing and, and it's old timey. So like that's funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um there's a lot of those where they like they like broke the fourth wall with like a like a modern reference of some sort. You know, watching this as a project, as a franchiseography project, mm-hmm. it is interesting how this is sort of very much carrying over and building on what they did in Christmas Carol mm-hmm. while adding a bit more of the great Muppet caper, mm-hmm. Muppet movie, smart alecky, like nudge, nudge. We're making a we're telling a story here, you know, right. Like right. he died. This is supposed to be a kid's movie. Like, yeah, yeah. There was only like 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 a like. Less than a handful, I think, of moments in Christmas Carol that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time there's like quite a few. There's like which is smart. A couple dozen or something. Like this isn't as deep and as existential as mm-hmm. right. Christmas Carol. Right. Um, it goes to some cool places, which is also why I like Treasure Planet in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get a big crazy going back to this <laughs> Treasure Treasure Planet goes to cool places. The whole planet, the treasure. <laughs> you know what? That movie goes to some cool places. <laughs> <laughs> Say what you want. Um, I I never knew about any of the kind of this being really big and expensive and and costly for Jim Henson Studios. But like looking back, the attack on the Admiral Bimbo Inn mm-hmm. is such a crazy set piece where you have dozens of mups just running around, like doing like flipping things over. You have like an explosions, mm-hmm. you have fire, mm-hmm. and. It's all funny. It's I mean, this is just like a series of great bits for me. But I was like, kind of now thinking about it, it's really technically impressive. You know what else I love? I I I love that in the world of Muppet Treasure Island, pirate crews <laughs> are made up of of the lowest guy on the totem pole being a human, and the captain <laughs> being a human, and everyone, all of middle <laughs> management are Muppets. All of them. <laughs> That's how pirate crews are made. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's good. <laughs> the the closest thing I can really compare Muppet logic to is like Dragon Ball logic. Oh. Where like, you know, the cast like back me up maybe if you can, but like, you know, the sheriff will just be a dog. Or like a fox will just be a reporter right. or a wolf and just yeah. no one talks <laughs> about it. There's no like seeming hierarchy to I it. I think my favorite like we're acknowledging that these are Muppets, but we're also like playing it very serious. Like gag is the thing where um, she, the innkeeper is talking about uh, the special the next day and she's like roast suckling. And then the oh, yeah. are like looking at her all sus. And then she says <gasps> potatoes and then the like Muppet <laughs> yeah, potato walks by and she's like, no offense, <laughs> ma'am. And I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's like so funny. I So I like that they call attention to it because like, you have to, but they do it so, mm-hmm. uh, like smartly, you know. Yeah, I uh, really like when Billy Connolly calls Gonzo yeah. a hose nose. Uh, so yeah, there's a big crazy fight. I like, I really love like the the joke of the gunpowder trail and they're running, they're 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 running away from it. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really role directed. I was like really impressed by that one. Yeah, a lot of this is really well. I'll I'll go over my favorite joke in the history of cinema and how well Brian Henson directs this moment later. But yeah, yeah, there's some <laughs> some great moments. And then... I will say he is a fan of shooting doorways at mm. Dutch angles. 
I don't know what that is, but there's a ton of that in Christmas Carol. And then in that scene, the cast was just talking about where she's talking about the potato and the succulent and everybody's leaving the the pub. It's like a Dutch angle of the door. Blind Pew Um, is kind of a Dutch angle, too, when he like opens the door and he says, it's me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, Right. That's so funny. I was thinking of the moment where the dog bursts in and he's like where are you <laughs> billy bones i think that's, that's on so a dutch funny. angle as well yeah he loves shooting doors at dutch angles i i think i i bet you he frames up the door in a straight angle and he's like this is so boring it's just tilt like it. a box in a box and so yeah so he just <laughs> tilts it um cinema yeah but it's like his signature uh he's always he's always shooting dutch angles at doorways him and ken Branagh. Yeah. And now everyone listening to this will never unhe- never be able to unsee it. Yeah. Um, you're cursed with this knowledge now as well. So uh, <laughs> Jim's like, well, boys, the inn is fucked. <laughs> we are but poor serfs. Let's go on a treasure hunt. And so they go into town. They go to uh, Squire Trelawney's office. Where, man, that guy, that day player, that old man, I remember every line delivery of his, like the back of my hand. <laughs> Saint Lulu, uh, his like giggle, his like little like wheeze giggle that he does when he remembers how what a yeah. dumbass Fozzie is. Uh, so Trelawney is out doing stuff, but his half wit son, Squire Trelawney Junior, I guess. Uh, is there and he's played by Fozzie. He's wearing a wig. His best friend is Mr. Bimble, a man who lives in his thumb who's been to space twice. Yeah, like Scott, you mentioned earlier. I think this is like peak Fozzie. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the best. I mean, every time I I had a stupid grin on my face every time there was a Fozzie scene. Um, this is peak Fozzie. This is the best. Uh, uh, by far the dumbest he's been, I think, right? Yeah, but he knows he's dumb, which is also fun. Like, he calls himself out. Like, what What does he like, say? What, like, what else is an idiot uh, yeah. idiot son of a rich man a going rich to do or something son. like that? What else are yeah. rich half-wit sons for? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, so he, oh, oh, and then, you know, cast your favorite Muppet mm-hmm. comes barging in. Uh, I really forgot about this, but uh, uh, Benson and Honeydew or Beaker. I do it every goddamn time, Cass. <laughs> it's not even fun. It's not a bit, <laughs> listeners. I'm not doing it. Honeydew. Yeah. Uh, uh, Honeydew and Beaker come in. And I forgot about Dr. Lisley, but he's in the mm-hmm. he's in the book, too. Um, I think he's kind of Kelsey Grammer. Not Kelsey Grammer. The other one. David yes. Hyde Pierce's yes. character in Treasure yeah. Planet. Mm. Kind of a proxy. So... Their their company is set, and yeah, I mean, like it makes sense. I think that you and I would go on to be really yes. into Lord of the Rings cast because this kind of has kind of D and D. We're getting the party together, yeah, we're going on an adventure. Sure. They're like embedded on our conscience, and then yeah, like uh, that totally extra. I'm with Scott when you were talking about behind the scenes. I could picture the shots of the Hispaniola docked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and they're so extra. They are. <laughs> literally <laughs> yeah hey that's great hey <laughs> um speaking of you know we talked about uh what what great fozzy scott i know you're a sam the eagle fan uh i think his performance as mr arrow and this is also peak sam the eagle how do you feel Ooh, i mean uh, Nick, uh, no, it's not. Peak Sam okay. the Eagle is is uh is in Muppet Vision. <laughs> uh, okay, wouldn't know. Yeah, that's that's Peak Sam the Eagle. I mean, there's 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 no contest. But uh, uh, 
Yeah, you can watch it. It's on. It's on so uh, YouTube or whatever. Like you can. Yeah, you can watch it. Um, that's when he has his uh, his big uh, like to do about um, a celebration of all yes. countries, but mostly yeah. America. Um, and uh, and he says it's a big like ten minute extravaganza or something like that. And Kermit's like, you have you you have two, one minute or something. <laughs> He's like, oh, and he has to like do everything in one minute. So it's just like <laughs> chaos. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It's the it's the big like uh, closing number of uh, of uh, Muppet Vision 3D, and it's the best. Uh, Sam, how do you feel about Mr. Arrow? I mean, Cass, how do you feel about Mr. Um, Arrow? It's like I was talking. Right? Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle. <laughs> I like Mr. Arrow. I, I like the gag where um, he, you know, he's talking about the captain and he says the captain like is is like a pretty much like a raging lunatic or not a lunatic, but like he has like a really terrible temper. And then he'll... He mm-hmm. he gives like an order and then issues like a hyperbole and Kermit is just like I never said that he's just like oh I was paraphrasing uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was anticipating yeah. your will sir <laughs> it's amazing no they're a great duo they're Sam mm-hmm. and Kermit are a great duo in this mm-hmm. for sure you know this phenomenon would happen I guess if you followed a theater company somehow like as an audience member you would get this but I don't know if you how difficult that is but I remember being a theater kid. And high school and especially college, because there was more of us and you would see people in play after play after play. And every once in a while, you'd be like, so happy, like, oh, what a oh, this is such a great role for Sam. And that's the thought that I had watching this is like, oh, that's great. Mr. Arrow is a perfect role for Sam the Eagle. Like he kind of, it is kind of like watching a theater company, like American Horror Story or something where, you know, he had one really good scene in Christmas Carol, but there's this other role that fits him like a glove and he gets to be like Mm -hmm. one of the main characters in this one. I also love how much his outfit is just like an American (laughs) flag. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, you mentioned so one of my uh, scene that I love that's really iconic is when the yeah, he's like this guy's this guy's got a crazy temper and blah blah, blah and the carriage yeah. is blaring through, and he almost runs over that little Muppet old lady <laughs> and she's like maniac. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean this is an iconic introduction to Kermit the Frog, and Hi, I know that uh, having only seen this movie exactly two times, um, I know that. Uh, so please, it's like. I think this was like what opened the trailer to this movie. Wow. Yeah, it was like right. it was like showing like all like human stuff. So it was like human pirates and human adventure and all of these things and they were avoiding all of the muppets and then that thing tears down the street and then it opens and the guy steps out and then he moves and it's Kermit and you're like, "Oh, it's a muppet movie." And then mm-hmm. and then they introduce all the muppets. That's how the trailer plays out. It's really great. It's a great trailer. I don't know why this movie flopped. <laughs> That's a great trailer. <laughs> I think I think it is going to do like what we were talking about, but yeah, that's what I kind of, that's how every Muppet trailer should be though, is you think it's a human movie and then you see a Muppet. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think, you know what I don't think, uh, helped this movie is that it opened in mm. February. Like, why would you open this in February? This is a summer blockbuster. Yeah. Not a very piratey time of year. No, nobody wants to be in the water <laughs> in February. Unless you're in Australia. <laughs> like, a, like a freak. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry, entire country of Australia. No. We've lost those five <laughs> listeners. Thanks, Nick. Ah, yeah, I know. I love our Australian listeners. I don't know why I did that. Um, Jim, go, Jim and the boys go down below deck, and we meet 
Tim Curry is Long John Silver, one of the most charismatic screen performances of all time. Cass, I yeah. assume you feel like similarly. you were talking about like um, Billy Connolly. Like, oh, that's the guy from the Muppet movie. Like this, this Tim Curry role mm-hmm. is that for me. Like, it's like, oh, it's it's Long John Silver. <laughs> Yeah, kind of in an interesting, in retrospect, because, yeah, this is totally where I saw him even before, mm-hmm. like, Clue or mm-hmm. Legend or Charlie's Angels. But, like, this is kind of a, an interesting point in his career. I can't really think of another really big thing he did in the 90s. Yeah. I know he worked a lot. Like, he yeah. sees Tim Curry. Well, but... Home Alone 2. True. That's, like, what, 90 or 91? 92. 92? Yeah, same year as uh, This is when he started Tom, doing right? a lot of uh, voice work, right? Like for animation? For yeah. sure. Yeah. Nigel Thornberry. This is uh, this is also when he did his, uh, yeah, when he, he was hired to play the Joker on the Batman the Animated Series. Whoa. And he with Mark Hamill later on. Was, I, yeah, have you not heard that clip what? of him Holy as shit. the Joker? Whoa. Yeah, it's weird. There's like a full, fully animated like sequence with him, with his voice as the Joker. Huh. It's bizarre. Uh, the the ant producers were like, "This is that's too fair. Scary. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that he did that, and he did um, he did a uh, mm-hmm. bunch of video games. Um, famously, he was in uh, Wing Commander. This, right? I know he was in Wing Commander, but I don't know if this particular thing was Wing Commander. But there's a bit where he has this crazy line reading in a video game where he he's like playing a Russian yeah. cosmonaut and says, Bay! It's, yeah. and it's just the most bizarre thing. Because <laughs> yeah. you can hear him try. He's about to laugh. He's about to ruin the take. <laughs> right. So he has to expel the laugh and deliver the line at once. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. And he does, and he does it because he's a pro. Yeah. Um, to me, the heart of every Treasure Island story is the relationship between Jim mm-hmm. and Long John. Like, that's why Treasure Planet rocks so hard. True. And I think both of these actors, I mean, the kid's doing his absolute best and has some cool moments, mm-hmm. like genuine moments. And, but yeah, I think they really nail, like, you, you, every time you want to like Long John, you want to trust him because he's like that mm-hmm. cool grown up that's like on this scary pirate ship. Yeah. Uh, Scott, what do you think of Polly the lobster? Uh, I mean, it's a fun gag, I guess. <laughs> It's, you know. it's one they they do the best joke first mm-hmm. right out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a it's a fun gag. I I like his reaction when uh is it is it Gonzo that's like aren't is it aren't pirates supposed to have parrots and they they both of their faces drop like in simul, like simultaneously like what are you talking parrot? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um we mm. get our third song Sailing for Adventure which mm. Definitely. Now that you've unlocked a memory, Scott, that was very prominently featured in the trailer. Um, yeah. kind of a you know, yeah, Scott. Uh, Cass, how do you feel about this one? I this think, number? I think I like the the opening song the best. Um, but this song is mm. the one that I have in my head most consistently. Like, um. <sighs> the line sailing for adventure on the big blue wet thing is something that like goes through my brain at least once a week. Um, <laughs> just like, you Absolutely. know, here's an intrusive thought for you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like this one. I it's cause it's like, it's like the big ensemble number. That's not the wacky ensemble number that, that cabin fever is. Um, and I like that, like mm. 
I don't know. It's I like the the we're on our way to our journey song in a musical, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's kind of like there are no cats yeah. in America. <laughs> um, Scott, what do you think about Sailing for Adventure? Because you, I thought about something you said dude, that about our, during our Muppet Christmas Carol episode where you were like, there are some songs in here that are so good you can listen to them out of context of the musical and they're still great. Yeah. And I don't think any song in Muppet Treasure Island, it's almost like the reverse where they work better when you're watching it moving the story along than if you heard it in your car or you're playing it later in your on your Spotify. Yeah. It's kind of like just like a song. But wh- how do you feel about this number? It's fine. Okay. I-, I would say I would say that's true with about all these songs with the exception of Cabin Fever, which which is like meant to right. stick out like a sore thumb in the movie. So mm-hmm. uh, of course you could probably listen to that on its own and it would be fine. Um but yeah. Uh something we hadn't mentioned yet. But uh, a great addition, speaking of like Spartan adaptations and line readings that live rent-free in my head year-round. Take a cruise, you said. (laughs) See the world, you said. That is um, the running gag about the rats on the cruise is my absolute favorite joke (laughs) in this entire movie. It's It's great. It's every time you cut to them and they are, it never, it never breaks the fact that like, no, they're on vacation and they're having a great time. Like, I, like the, 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 the bit where they're all just sort of like drunkenly like dancing and making out with each other. Yeah. But right before Jim and Long John have like a heart to heart about so the funny. North Star. And it's so adorable because, like, yeah, they pan up and, like, there's the nervous one who's like, I, I just want to say, like, yeah, I, I just really want to say, yeah. And then, like, they just make out, yeah. And the camera's, like, swooping. It's, yeah, the whole, yeah, it's great. I love oh, it. my God. They're they're incredible. And and uh, I was just thinking, like, when that happened, I was like, oh, there's going to be more rats coming right? out this book on the boat. Oh, hey. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a, a, a film I saw recently that uh, I hope is streaming soon because Cass, I think you would enjoy it. It's called Last Voyage of the Oh, the, the Dracula Demeter. one? It's, mm-hmm. yeah, the Dracula one on a boat. Um, and David Desmalchen has a line, or someone has a line where like, you hear that? No rats on a ship. No rats yeah. on a ship is bad <laughs> news, guys. Like you, you that means that they jumped <laughs> off the ship. Cause yeah. <laughs> and watching it, watching Muppet Treasure Island today, I was like, oh, that's, they rats on a ship. They found a way to put rats on the ship. They like that's so smart. Never thought yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, oh man, I love I love every, every time we cut to them, and they are, I mean, just full blown modern nineties so vacation. 90- yes, it's so funny every time. Um, the bit at the end with the with the with the with the tiki stuff, and they're all sitting at tables, and they're just wow. like, "Wow, like you know, I just I, I this, this culturally, this is just fascinating." But the food is great, and just like, <laughs> oh, I love it so it's much; it's the best. But bring us back. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in comedies that I just remember, just banger after banger joke, is the, the yes. roll call. Yes. So good. Uh, old Tom, really dead old Tom. Tom, dead Tom, <laughs> headless Tom, headless Tom, big, fat, <laughs> stupid, baby face, but what? Ugly, like, yeah, big, big, fat, stupid, ugly. Yeah, whatever. And O'Brien. Then, O'Brien. And then it's like this, 
this like beautiful woman with like a man, a deep, deep like baritone man's voice, who we never see again. <laughs> they never see again, and I just love that happens. And they're just like, huh? oh, all right, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so good. Angel Marie, mm-hmm. I think was her name or their name, the one with like the yeah. curly ribbons in their hair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, great. And then, but the joke is like, uh, the Captain Small, it's like, uh, can you be a Who's hired this crew? <laughs> this is insane. Your thumb hired the crew? They all point, they all point to Fozzie, and Fozzie points at Mr. Thimble. <laughs> so, does this guy in the book, does he have like an no, invisible friend in that, his finger? Or is that just made this? Yeah. That's just made up for this. Yeah. Wow. He's it's just great, kind of a great gag. I absolutely. He, he's just kind of a, a yeah. an affable buffoon in okay. the book. He's kind of like Elizabeth's dad in the Pirates movies. Okay. He's the one that's going to hide behind a boat and then like bop one pirate on the back mm-hmm. of the head during the final fight. And be like, um, oh. I, uh, Elizabeth's dad uh, died a human, uh, died a hero. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> he sacrificed himself so that his daughter could escape. But I like to think he did that by hiding behind the boat and popping someone. Yes. Remember those episodes, guys? Yep. Yeah. Guys was was on one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Dead dead, dead man's chest. Yeah. Um, So they're like, this crew's super sus. Uh, It's Captain Small. It's like, Jim, please give me the map. And he's like, no. (laughs) Okay. Um, So there's this thing that goes around of like, Oh, Kermit the Frog could play any role Tom Hanks could, you know, mm-hmm. like he's so good. And I think this movie really is a testament to that because like Kermit, the actor is like playing. I don't know. There's something very unique about Captain Smollett in this where he he isn't quite Bob Cratchit, but he still has like that Kermit to him. Mm. Yeah. Cass, what do you think? I, I think my favorite thing about Kermit in this, and this is like much later in the movie, um, when he is doing the sword fight um, and he has like the little tattoo of Miss Piggy on his chest. Like that's so it's like if you, if you need to like condense like, Oh, what does a Muppet pirate movie look like? Like that image is like the thing that you show someone where it's just like, (laughs) yes. Great. Uh, Uh, Yeah. Scott, do you like what Kermit's doing in this movie? Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm just noticing that like Steve Whitmire like plays him with like a mm. lot of dignity. Um, mm. that's sort of like what he brings to the character. Uh, and it is weird to me to think that like, you know, we got him a little, we got a little bit of him in, in Christmas Carol. We got quite a bit more of him in this one, but then like, uh, you know, and obviously we're going to be have him next week. I don't know how much Kermit is in that movie, but we'll find out because um, uh, I don't think I've ever seen Muppets from Space. Um, so, uh, but but like in general, it's just like I'm noticing now, like despite the fact that like Steve Whitmire is the voice of my Kermit when I think of Kermit, yeah. that's the voice I hear. He doesn't get to play him much um, because mm. there's not a lot of Muppet stuff for him to do. I mean, there's that like that space of time between like 1999 and 2011 where there's basically nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just interesting. As there's much the Muppet as, like, wizard of Oz, right? There's Muppet wizard of Oz. That's true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. 
It's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, so yeah, we get the really great deck scene where the mice are just like drunkenly hooking up and dancing. Um, and they're, oh, okay. Well, first, something I can't believe we didn't bring up. Scott, one of the f- few things we found that were lacking in Muppet Christmas Carol was uh, the lack of Sweetums. Oh, yes. Sweetums makes a glorious return in this movie. It's good stuff. It's good Sweetums, how, too. How happy were you when you saw him like loading the ship up? <laughs> I was pretty happy. I love Sweetums. He's the best. Great. Cool. He's got a great <laughs> moment coming up that we'll, that yeah. we'll talk about. But uh, also speaking of like, kind of cameos, I liked how they found a way to fit in mm-hmm. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get a moment between Jim and Long John that we reference where we get like the compass and like, you know, here's where North is. And, you know, I think Muppet movies are almost they're a little like Godzilla movies where there's a subset of audience members that will view any scene where it's just a human talking to a human is automatically by default a bad scene. Mm-hmm. Like any scene in a Godzilla movie that doesn't have Godzilla in it is a failure <laughs> and is expendable. And That's why so many people were so grumpy about uh, Gareth Edwards' uh, Godzilla movie. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Didn't even have a Godzilla very much. <laughs> right. Uh, so, like, I think both actors are, like, acting, you know, very earnest and hitting their, you know, like, that's Jim and Long John. But I guess I just wanted to, Scott, do you think that the movie drags during these moments with Long John and Jim? No. Cool. No, I don't. I think it's, I think it's great. And, you know, I mean, the thing is, like, I don't know. There's a lot of scenes between just humans in, uh, in Christmas mm-hmm. Carol, and those don't drag either. Um, you know, except for that song. That song drags, but other than that. <laughs> um, uh, the song I didn't see because I, I yeah. watched on Disney. Uh, Cass, yeah. what do you think of Jim and I, Long John in this scene? I mean, because it sets up uh, what to me is like the most um, like dramatically affecting scene in the movie later, um, like at the very mm-hmm. end. So I like that. Yeah. I like that we spend time with these two characters. Like Jim is the main character of the movie. Like, yeah, there's like Muppets happening. Um, but like, and like you said, mm-hmm. like the emotional core of this story is like Jim and, and Long John's relationship. So I like that we, we get this, this scene that like anchors the pun kind of intended, I guess, um, <laughs> the rest of the movie. So it doesn't like get away from itself. Cause I, I appreciate the, the comedy, but like, they're still like, you know, like they're telling this story. So. Yeah. Yeah, like to celebrate yeah. Tim Curry for a second. Like, I think he, I think they play it like they assume the audience already knows mm-hmm. this story and isn't afraid to like really lay it on thick. But the moment where, you know, he's being so warm and, and paternal with like counting the stars, but then the turn where he's like, hey, you wouldn't happen to know where that map is. And you're like, oh, that's right. Like, he's playing him mm-hmm. like a fiddle this whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to believe that at least mm-hmm. some of it is earnest. Yeah. He's, uh, um, He's great in this movie. Uh, he he has um, always said that this is the fav- his favorite role that he's ever played. Um, wow. Is is this? He based the character off of his grandfather, who was a like a uh, I don't know a seaman. A wow, a seaman. Yeah, yeah a sailor. Uh, yeah, sailor. Like, um, uh, yeah, but was like, but was like very much like a. Um, 
uh, a blue collar sailor, like wasn't like yeah. in the navy or anything. Like, no, yeah, I know, like a wor- yeah. like a merchant sailor, or, right? You know? Totally. Um, and so he based it off of off of like everything that he's doing is like based off of his uh, his grandfather, who he apparently had like a very like close relationship with. Um, and so he like based his whole performance off of that. And so like in this scene in particular, um, he's basically talking to Jim the way that his grandfather used to talk to him. Um, about like the North Star. That's so and, cool. You know, just that wow. that sort of like soft spoken, yeah, uh, uh, vibe. You know, where he like sounds more piratey the more shouty he gets, but like here mm-hmm. he's like softer and it's a little more Tim Curry ish, um, and uh, yeah, or a little yeah. less Tim Curry ish. <laughs> I don't know which way you would go with that, but um, but yeah, that's great. Yeah, um, gosh, I just like I I, I feel like people have gotten less charismatic with each generation. And so I don't know. I think about like, God, I'm trying to imagine like what Tim Curry's grandfather in the prime of his life <laughs> must have been like. Yeah. Uh, so the next morning, Rizzo and Gonzo, they're kind of commenting on, and I think you need them to be gone for those Jim long John moments to really land without cutting back to Rizzo being like, I want to eat a whole right. chicken. Or Gonzo being like, oh, someone torture me, you know, <laughs> hit me. Uh, but so but then they, they tie into the plot where they're starting to feel a little, hey, Jim keeps blowing us off to hang out with this human friend. I guess the humans have human <laughs> stuff to talk about. <laughs> um, But they get captured and tortured like we talked about. And then Mr. Arrow sees this happening and he goes, this does not look safe. <laughs> It's like it, it's great. It's like the movie doesn't want you to feel any kind of negative emotion for more than like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the torturing of the heroes, even mm-hmm. this kind of mostly played for laughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, kind of an incredible effect. Weird noodle, <laughs> noodle and Gonzo. It's yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> um, I I just love Gonzo's whole energy in that. Uh and how the the guys like the you know uh, Long John's like little trio are all like uh-huh. weirded out by it, and then and and but so is Rizzo. But then as soon as they turn to Rizzo, he's right. like, "Oh God, no, not me!" <laughs> yeah. Um, I also love the gag of like they have the hot poker and then they hide the hot poker by like putting their hand over it and then it just burns their hand. It's great. It's great. Uh, so uh, they get put in the brig for the remainder of the voyage. And Kermit's like, all right, Jim, like, I didn't want to do this, but I order you to give me the map. And so they put the map under the captain's desk. Mr. Arrow locks it. And uh, it's cool. I don't know. Anytime you get to see dramatic Kermit, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's the cabin fever sequence. Sure is. Six weeks they've been on on, on this boat. Six <laughs> weeks. <laughs> With no alcohol, which is a gag we skipped over of of oh, the, the, expensive the really brandy, uh, yeah. expensive brandy. And, oh, yeah, and, and, and Fozzie keeps tossing it over the window. Yeah, yeah, because he's not allowed to drink it. <laughs> hey, cool with the booze. Oh man, um, yeah, that's good. And he's like oh. he's like pouring really healthy pours of that brandy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he has like a full glass of brandy every time he pours it. I wonder if a Muppet really can pour, lightly pour anything. Um, no, because it's, it would be too heavy. So it would be, um, they would have to like, uh, uh, like marionette 
the lifting and tipping of the thing. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't think he could like actually huh. like hold it. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't love cabin fever. This is actually when I had my note, my thought about how, Oh yeah. Like none of these songs are really great. Singularly the way that like, you know, defying mm. gravity or something is, but yeah, I get why it's in the show and it's fun. Cause I guess they were like, Oh, we need a break. We need something really muppety to happen. Um, yeah. Cass, any any notes on Cabin Fever that we haven't brought up? Just cool moments you like? I don't. I. I don't know. Like, I didn't enjoy it as much as I remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like it's still really funny. Like, and I like that it. Um, I like that they never talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you're the the joke yeah, about the goat. Yeah. You're like, did you guys hear that song Just earlier? Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, uh, uh, they're in the apple barrel, Jim falls in with them. And this is when Jim hears Long John being Mm -hmm. like, I'm the bad guy. It's me. It's always been me. Um, then they, oh wait, no, actually I I skipped a bit after cabin fever is when we get, uh, well, no, no. Cause yeah, because this is when Long John learns that, okay, they go into the jail cell Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, here's your, you know, apple and water. I'm like, oh, I ordered, you know, and Long John's like, ah, you don't deserve food, you <laughs> piece of shit. I don't work with you. We're not affiliated. And that's when Jim lets right. it slip where the key is. And Long John concocts his story. So Scott in Treasure Island and Treasure Planet, to be fair, uh, Mr. Arrow is killed. Mm. He dies. But in this version, because it's Sam the Eagle, they just trick him into getting on a leaky lifeboat and push him. And um, yeah. And then the next yeah. morning, Kermit and it gets another real acting moment where he has to receive the news that his mm-hmm. best friend, Mr. Arrow, went overboard and eulogizes him. Yeah. Um, it's cool. It's Pretty kind insane. of, a, again, but like, again, it's kind of unlike Muppet Christmas Carol. They don't, you never think that Sam the Eagle is dead. Right. You're just sad right. that Kermit's sad. Right. And you're like, oh, no, the pirates are escaping. But it's not like, you know, when Tiny Tim died in Muppet Christmas Carol, where mm-hmm. you're really supposed to feel it. So uh, they escape, but then uh, land ho. So they, they take Jim. They go to the island. Um, I really like the part where the pirates are partying at the beach, and it's Dr. Teeth, and mm-hmm. they're playing at like the, the cove, like the rocks. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, man, I'm confused. Do we work for the pirates or the frog captain? Like, Who cares? <laughs> and I think that was fun. Uh, yeah. He was like, don't don't worry about politics. Just play the gig. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we get uh, Tim Curry, mm-hmm. as he says, his only number in the movie. Uh, when you're a professional pirate, just a jaunty bad guy song. I like this song Cassie a lot, this um, and I I think <laughs> um, <laughs> Norman used to listen to this song on loop when he would play like a pirate character in like a multiplayer <laughs> like video game, um, which I've teased <laughs> him Amazing. about multiple times. But like I think I think of all of the songs, like that one uh, is the one you can take out of context and just kind of like like sing along to like if you're in the mood for like a silly 
kids movie song, you know? Yeah. 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 Like like on a road trip. Yeah. It's a good song. It's a really good song. We get uh, the Marlon Brando Mm -hmm. pirate. I I really didn't like that gag. I don't know. That one didn't do anything for me. Um, like, cause, uh, cause I think there's like too much build up to it where he like, he like does the thing for like a, a yeah. while before he says the line. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I know. Get I, it. Knew, I knew what you were going to say before <laughs> he said it. But you're, um, yeah. The, the, yeah. The movie's like a half beat behind you and it's right. awkward. Right. Um, and yeah. But Tim Curry just sells it. You know, I just remember so clearly like the fist pumps he does when he's like mm-hmm. loyal and fair and on the square. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. So they go to we find okay so the bad guys overtake the mm-hmm. ship we get the two cannons it's like look jim like you're bone man give me the you know lead us you know I'll, you know give me the compass or whatever so they're going after the treasure and um how does kermit get oh kermit, so kermit gets off the boat with rizzo and gonzo to go after jim mm-hmm. and we get the. We don't do this joke enough in movies yeah. anymore. The old eyeball joke. Yeah, I really miss those. That's good. They get captured by wild pigs who have been worshiping Miss Piggy as a princess. And I gotta say, Scott, you make a very good point with Miss Piggy not being in this movie for an hour. Yeah, but in my opinion, the movie kind of makes makes up for it or calls it out by giving her an absolute show stopping. Yeah, Ent- entrance for sure, absolutely, um, absolutely. Uh, I do think that it takes her too long to notice Kermit, though. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know. It was just like a pacing thing where I was like watching it, and I was like, it, like they cut back and forth between Kermit seeing her and 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 her not seeing him right. like six times before she sees him, and I'm like, that was too many times, guys. Um, <laughs> I really liked. Well, I really like her getting mad at her ant eater. Mm-hmm. Like her getting like, like Miss Picky is just the fucking best. Yeah, she, she's funny when you're seeing her getting like jerked around and falling. She's a action hero. She can play hurt. She can mm-hmm. play romance. Um, but yeah, when they start to chant again, like boom, the cock, she's like, "Oh, knock it off!" And they're like, "Oh." Uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, a moment I think about a lot is like when he's like Smalley, and then like smack karate, like Hayaz him into a symbol, <laughs> yeah. and Kermit's like old girlfriend, and the rats are all applauding. I love the reveal. <laughs> yeah, I, the rat. I, yeah, <laughs> I I also just love the reveal that uh, that she's had uh, uh, relations yes. with both Kermit <laughs> and Tim Curry, uh, and Captain Flint, and Captain Flint. Yeah, <sighs> right. She's had sex Good at least her. three times. <laughs> That's like three more times than Captain America. Um, no, she's great. I, it's yeah. Uh, I, I think today there's some great Miss Piggy stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Um, the pirates are digging for the treasure and it's empty, and they're about to turn on Long John, and he tells Jim to get out of there. And he goes, why? Like, because I liked you, boy. I hope you didn't think I was. And it's it's cool, you know. The movie kind of gives you this like, it's a it's a very serious, mm-hmm. straight moment in a Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he double, kind of like Captain Flint, he dual wields his way out of there, shoots his way out of there. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my favorite jokes in the movie is when we cut back, and it's like, <laughs> dead Tom's dead. Long John <laughs> shot him. 
Uh, oh, but uh, Mr. Arrow returns. I think that's so cool that he just like mm-hmm. rode to the island. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah. So he meets up with... Um, who does he meet up with? Oh, he meets up with yes. Jim, right? Because Jim escapes. Mm-hmm. And he frees... Does he free Gonzo? And No, that doesn't happen yet. Um, so we get a scene, yeah, with, with Benjamina and Captain Smollett where we learn that he's she's had multiple partners in her life. <laughs> that after Kermit left her at the altar, she fell in with Captain Flint. And you you know what's cool is it kind of tracks. She's like, okay, she dated this naval officer and she left he left her at the altar. So mm-hmm. then she was like, well, who's the opposite? I'm going to hook up with <laughs> multiple pirates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, they get captured by Long John. Um they take back the ship with uh what do you think of sam the eagle ghost scott i that was funny that was a funny gag that was good <laughs> you know he doesn't do a lot of gags so it was yeah. like it was interesting boogie boogie, boogie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> boogie because <laughs> pirates are very superstitious uh, um we get love let us here which we kind of talked about this last week scott it was sort of uh it was in vogue at the time to do a song that could then be covered as a 90s yep. R&B ballad during the credits. Yep. And that's what this is. Yep. Um, I think it's like, you know, I remember it. It's a memorable song. I think it's fun. And then also, something I loved as a kid, they're really like, oh, I like this. And then you don't really see a lot is this love song is intercut with the, the bad guy pirates finding the treasure mm-hmm. and like celebrating. Mm-hmm. And like... I remember being really happy for them, even though they were the bad guys, and mm-hmm. kind of being like, "Oh, that's cool." You don't see that the, a lot of movies do that. Yeah, yeah. I just like how they're depicted in this movie, just in general. Like that, you know, they are the bad guys, but you know, they're only doing this because, hey, like they're like, hey, that's rightfully <laughs> ours, um, and. <laughs> You know, they're like, yeah. Yeah, you know, you, you guys don't get to have this right. just because you got to it, you know? Um, so, like, they don't not have a point. Uh, and so, you know, I like, I, I, I just like how they're depicted here, that they're, um, they got screwed over. And they're like, no, like, <laughs> piracy should be <laughs> communism, guys. Like, you know? Absolutely. So, I like that. Uh Cast you like Love um, Lettuce here? I think the most Any... memorable part of this song for me is when it ends abruptly because Miss Piggy is shrieking because the <laughs> the rope snaps. Oh my god. And then um the cut up to the cutaway to ner- the uh Kermit's face is one of the funniest. <laughs> so funny. Insane. I I was <laughs> the hardest I have laughed in a long time, just in my life. Is like because yeah, it's this like kind of nineties pop ballad, and then it the, uh-huh. you hear the rope snap. You cut to you cut to a wide of her like dead, like, ah! like scre- full body screaming, like Miss Piggy's about to die. <laughs> and then we get a close up of her being like, "Oh, Smalley, uh-huh. you saved me!" And then the camera tilts up, and then they're just like, uh-huh. "God, I'm never ready for his face." Of like they get a different set of eyes and they're like bulging because he's it's incredible. 
I love when uh, when they switch out uh, Muppet eyeballs, um, <laughs> yes. just in it's, general, because they do it earlier in the movie too, where Rizzo has We're gonna the be riches, rich. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. Gonzo <laughs> has the has the money signs. Yeah, um, I love that, and I love the gag with the flash photography in uh, in uh, um, uh, oh, yeah. Muppet Caper. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Love it. It's the best. It's great. And then, you know, okay, so uh, they see them. The, the go, they, they pretend to be a ghost ship to scare the pirates, but then they see Benjamina and Captain Smollett about to crash. So they start to get there in time. The rope snaps. They're falling. They get mm-hmm. caught by Statler and Waldorf. Like, we're heroes. <laughs> Just so great. We saved you. Too uh-huh. bad we can't save the movie. Oh! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and... Uh, going back to like how you know overblown and expensive this got, we get like a full on swashbuckling pirate action mm-hmm. set piece in this Muppet movie. Yep, and it's pretty damn rousing. Yep, great action choreography. Yeah, it made me think like, man, you know, I don't ever want them to remake Princess Bride, oh, but if they did God. it with Muppets, that would be the only appropriate, yes. <laughs> the only appropriate way to remake the Princess Bride ever. <laughs> Absolutely. Cass, any favorite moments in the um, swashbuckling action the, sequence? The gag where Kermit is more interested in, like, getting rid of all the frills on Long John's oh, the... outfit instead of, like, actually doing anything is yeah. still one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, he's just, like, he's showing off. And it's, it's <laughs> like, it's it's at odds with the Kermit that we got, like, uh, like very dignified Kermit. So I like that he's a little silly in the back end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Long John's very offended by this, so I think it works. It's it's almost they don't put a point on it, but it almost seems like it's like Tim Curry, the actor. Like that's the joke. Mm-hmm. Of like, yeah. dude, come on, like get on with it. <laughs> You're mugging. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot to mention my favorite Tim Curry story about this movie. Oh, okay, is, please. Which is that um, when he was doing costume fittings, he had a peg leg because you know Long John Silver you know, has a peg leg notoriously. Um, And uh, they tried multiple peg legs and he hated all of them. They were all so uncomfortable. And he was like, he was like, no, not wearing it. I'm not going to wear the peg leg. And they're like, but like, what are you going to do then? Like, he can't have two legs. Like it's a big plot point that he's missing a leg. And he was like, I'll just do this. And he just lifted one leg up. (laughs) And that's it. That's what, that's what they were like. Oh (laughs) yeah, I guess so. All right. (laughs) And so, and so the whole movie, he just lifts up one leg uh, at his knee and just like hops around. And that's that's it. Because um, he was like, I'm not wearing that thing. I'm not putting my weight that's on that. Fair. That hurts. I don't like it. No. Yeah. And, and you know what? That first moment back in the cabin, in the food cabin, where yeah. he, like, he leaps up and leans on a rope and balances out, I completely buy mm-hmm. it. And I don't think about it for the rest of the movie. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, there's only, I, I believe there's only like one shot in the movie where he's wearing like a green sock that they removed. Mm. Um, it's like the only, it, it, it was like one shot where they're like, I, we have no way of getting this without seeing your leg. Um, and uh, so it was like the only time, but every other time. Yeah. He's literally just That's like awesome. lifting one leg behind, behind his thigh. <laughs> um, uh, only calling this out because it's happened so irregular, irregularly is a Muppet bit that hasn't aged well. Mm. Um, there's been a couple that I just have like, oh, because it's such a thing of like, that kind of doesn't age well. Yeah. Uh, I think, uh, Gonzo using the starfish as shuriken and like saying mm. stuff in like an accent 
just and again it's like barely it's like not like an adam sandler movie but it was a it was like oh it's interesting that almost kind of i wonder if that would i don't know that never happens in a muppet movie where it's like offensive right right yeah but it's weird Hmm. uh all-time sweetums moment yeah yeah where you think he's gonna like oh mr look out and then he he knocks all the bad guy muppets away with a log and he's like i thought you were like i love you guys i do like that (laughs) random other lobster muppet with the french accent for no reason like like oh (laughs) yeah yeah i do like him um i like him better than the than polly the lobster (laughs) yeah growing up i always thought he was an ant is that oh oh yeah because he has Mm, like the weird face like a yeah i don't know like a mandible almost but a lobster makes more sense because he's like a pirate but as a kid i thought he was an ant Um, weird joke of, cause it's a joke, but then it's a serious moment when they're all wearing the Errol Flynn mm-hmm. ruffled shirt that's open. Yeah. Like when Jim's wearing it, it's like, well, you're not supposed to be funny. <laughs> like, where are you? Uh, yeah. So they go back on the ship. Uh, Long John sneaks out. We get that great moment that Cass brought up earlier where it's like kind of Jim's coming of age moment where he's like what mm-hmm. kind of man am i like what are my values like what's right what's wrong and yeah i like that the movie lets this moment play out earnestly yeah yeah and you know it's it's easy to let him get away with the treasure when uh you know he's just hanging out exclusively with rich people now so um, <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, he's gonna be fine he's gonna be like uh he's gonna be like a a, a, a master and commander like lieutenant <laughs> next week you know that's very true they were they rise up the ranks very quickly <laughs> yeah so um you know you'll be fine uh he doesn't need that treasure he he was in it mm-hmm. for the adventure anyway Cass, any uh, thoughts on, on this scene on the on this oh, final confrontation between um, Jim and Long. Yeah, Silver. no, I I really I really like how earnestly this one plays out, like to the point where like Tim Curry's got like tears in his eyes when he's like you know like aiming the gun at this kid, um, and I I love that they set up the life get the lifeboat thing, um, with with Mister right. Arrow and then like. Uh, like uh, I don't know. Like the end, the uh, like the script is so good. I I love that they set that up mm-hmm. so early, and then they're like, "We're not going to pay it off mm-hmm. once. We're going to pay it off yeah. twice." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting because yeah, on one, like I love the fear mm-hmm. in Tim Curry's performance, desperation. Where he's like, "Oh my god, I'm going to have to shoot this kid that I like." Or he's going to blow the whistle and tell everyone. So it is this real, like, yeah. what do I value? What do mm-hmm. I care about? Do I love this treasure enough to shoot this kid mm-hmm. that I really like? But but that's the thing, right? Is it's not because he wants the treasure. It's because the right. other option is death. Yeah. Like, he's going to get he's gonna get hung. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, taking the treasure is... Like a way to just like, you know, be, go off into the sunset and never bother anyone ever right. again. But it's but like, freedom. Yeah, it's 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 his freedom is is the real that's the real thing that's that's uh that's the threat. And it's, it's so it's interesting. It's like yeah, it's like this kid can blow the whistle and mm-hmm. kill this guy. Yeah. 
you know, essentially. Condemn or, him to, yeah. To... Yeah, commit him to death, essentially. Or uh, he lets him go. And then from Long John's uh, uh, perspective, it's like, oh, like, I don't, like, I think he would prefer having a relationship with this this kid. But, like, right. that can't happen. Like, unless yeah, right. the kid goes with him right now, right, with the treasure, and they both escape. But then he's kidnapped a kid, and now they're going to be hunting him. So, like, that doesn't really even work either, you know? So it's like, it's like oh, this is my, this is, like, his penance for being an asshole, <laughs> a selfish asshole, is like, yeah, I get this treasure, but now, like, I've lost out on, like, something that could have been a really meaningful relationship. Right. Between me and this kid, like I, my life could have had real meaning as opposed to I'm just going to have like all this treasure and like, you know, who knows what he does with the rest of his life. But um, which is kind of like yeah. a pirate's dilemma of yeah. like, if I have this kid in my life, then that is a tether right? that I did not have before. And right. I can't just like wake mm-hmm. up and go and do whatever I want because like and that's kind of we kind of explore that a little bit in the pirates movies where like, yeah. With Will and Jack and whatnot, but yeah, yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool like dramatic. I don't, I'm not, cr- I get because it it's a Muppet movie, but I've always liked the ambiguity as a kid of like Long John just mm-hmm. getting away. Mm-hmm. But I get that it's a Muppet movie, and you want to see the bad guy get some kind of comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And so you're at first, I was like, oh, does he drown? Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Like, oh, he swims to the island, yeah, and gets killed by those pigs. <laughs> Match. Um. Uh, yeah. What do you, you think of speaking of pacing issues, though? That fucking like forty second delayed ending, where you're like, "Where are the credits?" And you're like, "Oh, oh, okay." They were fishing the the treasure out. It was insane. I, I was like, <laughs> "What is this? Like, what is happening?" Um. Yeah. That's. I yeah. Uh, I do. I think that this could get tightened up a little bit, mm. and you would lose literally nothing. Um. Mm. I think there's just like a few scenes and sequences in here they're just a little too loosey-goosey um and and should probably be tightened up you could probably lose like i don't know five minutes get this down to like 95 minutes or something gotta say though that like light reggae track that played over the credits like really sent me back in time (laughs) yeah um man so yeah muppetures around the cast any closing thoughts on this this Um, beloved childhood classic i I'm I'm really happy that I had a an opportunity to revisit it. Um I this was like the first thing mm. I queued up when I got Disney Plus um like a few years ago. <laughs> so like I mean like Amazing. and I watch it like regular like fairly regularly. Um but like mm-hmm. and, and I know I don't need an excuse to to visit it, but this was a nice one. And I like podcasting with you guys, so <laughs> Aww. we love podcasting with you. Uh, I thought about that of like I, as perfect as Muppet Christmas Carol is, mm-hmm. you can really only watch it once a year. Yeah. Whereas this is like something that I did watch year round and could watch year round. Um, and yeah, it, it's really it was really interesting because mm-hmm. I grew up watching this by itself. So watching this in the context of the Muppet saga, like we've been doing, mm-hmm. we had some really interesting revelations. Yeah. But Scott, maybe not, maybe not in February. Yeah. It was a weird time to open this movie. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. They were thinking. (laughs) 
Scott, any closing thoughts on Mop Trajage <laughs> as the fans? Um, it? yeah, I you know it's 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 great. It's a it's a great Muppet movie. Uh, you know, I I don't know what I was so bent out of shape about when I was a kid, but um, uh, yeah, I feel like I missed out not having this be like a part of my uh, childhood growing up. But it is what it is. Um, but right. it's know, kind of I, guess, a... I guess I guess that what I got out of that is yeah, that I got like, basically I a new Muppet you. movie now, um, which is. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So, it's weird in that way. This is almost a perfect companion to our great Muppet Caper episode mm-hmm. because that was one you grew up with and had in your subconscious. And for me, I was like, it's kind of a new Muppet movie. I don't think I ever watched this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah so. horrible bear Fozzie hybrid with the horrible <laughs> Kermit Fozzie hybrid. Yeah, the Kermit the Kermit Fozzie hybrid. Yeah, that was a nightmare. That um, was a sin to look at. <laughs> Um, everyone involved is going straight to hell. Um, right to hell. <laughs> Jim uh, yeah. Hell. So next week, Muppets from Space. Yes, the, the most polarizing Muppet film in the canon. Yes, the controversial uh, Muppets from Space uh, movie that I have absolutely never seen. Um, I don't. I I know what it's about, um, but I've never seen it. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I think it was a thing where like when the reviews came out and everyone was like, this movie sucks. This is the worst Muppet <laughs> movie. I was like, well, I don't want to watch that. Um, you know, I don't want to watch uh, the worst Muppet movie. That sucks. And were um, you, a, were you a teenager at this point by the time this came out? Yeah. I mean, 99, I mean, that was, uh, yeah, I was, I was like 14. It was like a big year, you know, we had, uh, there was like, uh, the Matrix Fight Club and Phantom Menace and, uh, not, not Fight Club didn't hit for me until. <laughs> Like 2000, because I had to wait for it to hit video. I, sure, I didn't yeah. see that. <laughs> Nick. God, um, what would imagine 14 year old Scott walking in a fight club? Is that same person, the same person walk out of that movie? I don't know. Um, same person certainly didn't walk out of uh, The Matrix or uh, Phantom Menace. So, you know, that's true. Um, 99. It's quite a year. Quite, mm-hmm. quite a year for cinema. Uh, Muppet <laughs> Fight Club. No. That is, yeah, that's like, that's a, like skit. a sketch, maybe. I don't know okay. that that's a movie. Yeah. Janice could be <laughs> Helena Bonham oh Carter. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh uh, so, yeah. Muppets from Space, a movie I have not seen in a long time, but I have fond memories of. Uh, excited to reunite with Bobo the Bear, maybe my favorite Muppet. Yeah. But, um, the first and only film uh, in Muppets canon to be distributed by uh, Sony Columbia Pictures. Ooh. Yep. That's why it's not on Disney+. Plus. That is a fun fact. Oh, I'm going to have to rent this one. Yep. This is the other one that you have to rent, unfortunately. <laughs> we did find out that the reason that we had to rent uh, Great Muppet Caper is because it's uh, be, it's getting a 4K release. Oh. So they always, whenever there's like a new home video release of something, they tend to like strip it from the streaming services because they don't want to give people another option. Um, they want people to buy the thing. Uh, so that's why that was. But uh, this is strictly because of... Uh, this being distributed by Sony Pictures, sure. Um, so and it not be being weird, not, and it not being very well remembered, not being well remembered. Right. So it's probably not a priority for them. Um, it's not even like a musical, right? Uh, right. It's not like yeah. the Spider-Man movies where they're like, well, you know, we, we need we need to be in there. Yeah, yeah. People care about this. So anyway, uh, Muppets from Space next week should be an interesting conversation. Bye, Bye everybody. <laughs> See ya. When you're a professional fighter, you're a